reading this morning is uh, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, and I'm reading from verse 1. Luke 15, reading from verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who did not need to repent. Let's pray together. Well, we're looking at uh, this parable this morning. And uh, I came across a modern parable that, uh, about a local vicar uh, who was a very compassionate man. And he had a special love for animals. Uh, He couldn't bear to see any animals in distress or pain. And uh, and one day he was driving along and he spotted a cat stuck in a tree. Uh, Being a a very caring pastor, he stopped the car and he went to try and rescue the cat. But he couldn't quite reach the cat on the branch that it was stuck on. Not to be defeated, he went back to his car and he found a piece of rope. After several attempts, he managed to lasso the piece of rope onto the tree branch. And slowly, he pulled the branch down. And he was reaching out, and he was just about to reach and save and rescue the cat when the branch snapped, and the cat was catapulted off into the air. The vicar didn't feel that he'd been as helpful as he might have been. But he went about his daily duties, and uh, later on, he was in the supermarket. And he spotted one of his parishioners. And he noticed that they were filling their shopping basket with cat food. Having an in-depth knowledge of all his parishioners, he didn't think that this particular parishioner had a cat. And so he went to inquire why they were buying cat food. She said, it's funny, you should ask Vicar. But my daughter Molly, she'd been asking us for a cat every day for the last week. And we were sat in the garden having a picnic. And I said to her, look, we'll pray and we'll ask Jesus about it. And just at that moment, this cat fell out of the sky. It was quite miraculous, Vicar. The story of the lost cat that was found. Well, we're in Luke's Gospel, and uh, you could say Luke's Gospel is uh, the lost and found department. Because uh, here we have three parables that Luke tells us uh, about things and uh, people that were lost And then we're found, there's a story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son. And uh, the backdrop to these parables, of course, is this conversation that Jesus has at the beginning, or rather, we're introduced by Luke, who says, tells us that the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were muttering to themselves that this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So this is the context into which Jesus tells uh, these stories about things that were lost, and then they were found. 
And you'll notice that gathered round there were people in different situations. And one of the things I've just asked you to think about is where you're sitting this morning as you hear this parable. There were uh, tax collectors and sinners, people uh, that were considered as, as outside of the religious circles. Uh, there were people that were Pharisees and teachers of the law that were considered in. And uh, they were all sat around listening to Jesus' teaching. So I just want you to think about where you're sat as you hear Jesus' teaching, where you, whether you feel uh, that you're part of Jesus' family, or maybe you feel you're on the edge of Jesus' family, or maybe you don't feel that you're part of Jesus' family, that you're just inquiring. Just think about where it is that you are sitting to hear this parable. And uh, Jesus tells this, this story about uh, a shepherd. Uh, we saw it uh, beautifully illustrated earlier on in the service, about a shepherd uh, that goes and searches for the sheep. And the first thing that I want to say uh, as we look into this parable is that God reaches out to those who are lost. That this is a parable to, to tell us that God is always reaching out for those who are lost. That it's God uh, who goes and searches. I don't know whether you've uh, ever lost anything that was, uh, that was precious to you. Has anybody ever done that? They've lost something? Yeah, what did you lose, Edmund? Amazing, there we go. And something that's very precious to you. Your wedding ring, yeah, your wedding ring. Well, you know, uh, I once lost something that was uh, that's even more precious uh, than Edmund's wedding ring, believe it or not. Uh, once... Uh, once when, when Jessica, this is Jessica, uh, when she was about four, and uh, she was out playing uh, in, in the street with uh, her older sister Rachel and some friends, and uh, suddenly Rachel came in and said, we can't find Jessica. And uh, we went out, and there was Jessica's bike in the middle of the road without Jessica on. And uh, we started looking, and uh, eventually the whole street was out looking, and uh, you know, uh, it started to get quite serious. And eventually Susan uh, rang the police because we just couldn't find her. And uh, eventually, uh, thankfully, <laughs> we did find her hiding in someone's garden and she had a nice little conversation with the, the police officers, something that uh, Jessica will remember a long time. But you know, um, we would have gone on searching until we found Jessica. We would not have given up. Uh, we would have searched and searched and searched. And this is the story that Jesus tells about a parable about a shepherd uh, that looks for the sheep. And of course, he leaves the 99 behind and he goes and he searches for the sheep until he finds it. And in this, of course, we have a picture of a God who reaches out to those who are lost. A God who wants to find and a God who will go on searching and searching and reaching out until he finds the lost sheep. This is what God is like. Jesus is trying to draw a picture of what God is like. God reaches out to those who are lost. And this morning, you know, you can feel lost. Uh, one of the things about the three parables is it illustrates, uh, you know, you can be lost in different situations. This sheep was lost because it had, had just wandered off on its own. Uh, the coin was lost through no, no fault of its own. It had just been misplaced, a bit like Edmund's ring. And, uh, and of course, the lost son had deliberately chosen to turn away and go off in a different direction. And again, just think about uh, the different situations that you can be in 
And uh, you can be lost through no fault of your own, through a deliberate choice, or through just wandering away. Sometimes people just wander away. Uh, but all those situations are situations where God is reaching out and wanting to reach the lost and bring them back. So God reaches out to those uh, who are lost. And then secondly, I want to say that God rescues those who are lost. The shepherd looks for the sheep until he finds it. And then he rescues it and brings it back home. I don't know whether um, you have ever been uh, lost. Ever been lost? Ever been somewhere where you haven't been able to, to find your way? Uh, or ever been in a situation that was uh, quite uh, perilous? Uh, this week we heard the story, didn't we, on the news about this couple in the Amazon jungle uh, who had this accident in their, in their camper van. And amazingly, they happened to have a, a, a special phone with them and they phoned the friends and they phoned the Coast Guard and an international rescue took place and uh, people that were lost were found. Well, once I was in a situation where uh, I got lost and it was out at sea. You know how much I, I love being in my boat uh, well, when I was about 14 or 15, I went on holiday with a friend of mine, and uh, we hired a rowing boat. And uh, we'd got these little orange fishing lines, and we were going to go out fishing, and we rowed the boat out to sea, and we dangled our little orange fishing lines over the side, and we were having a, a great time. Uh, but what we didn't realise is the current was kind of taking us out further and further and further, and we were so busy fishing, catching nothing, uh, that we didn't realise. And when we looked up, uh, we suddenly realised that we were a long way from the shore. And at first it was a bit of a laugh, you know, we took it in turns to row in. Uh, but then we realised this was quite serious because we literally couldn't row the boat back in. We were small boys and it was quite a big boat. Fortunately, the person that we had uh, rented the boat from uh, realised what the situation was and sent out a boat to rescue us. And, you know, the thing that helped the, re the rescue was that when the boat came and threw the rope into our boat, we grabbed hold of it. Uh, with both hands because we wanted uh, to be rescued we wanted to be rescued and they took us back to shore and uh, the story had a happy ending could have had a, a much sadder ending but the thing that helped the rescue was that we wanted uh, to be rescued you know some sheep don't want to be found some sheep don't want to be found not everybody wants to be rescued not everybody wants to be rescued. Remember we said at the beginning of the parable, we're introduced to the people that are listening to the parable. And you see, there were two groups of people really. There were those group that thought they were in, the religious people that are called the, the Pharisees and teachers. And there were the, collect, the tax collectors and sinners, who the religious people would have thought were the outsiders. Uh, they wouldn't have welcomed them. And so as far as the Pharisees and tax collectors were, were the Pharisees and teachers of the law were concerned, is that they didn't need to be rescued because they were already in. The tax collectors and sinners grasped onto Jesus' words, just like me and my friend when that rescue boat came, because they knew the predicament they were in. They knew that their lives were a mess. They knew that they needed somebody to help them. They knew that they needed God to rescue them and they grasped on to Jesus' teaching because Jesus' teaching was telling them that God actually cared and loved for them and was reaching out to them and before all they'd received was a, a lukewarm welcome or no welcome at all. And so some people don't want to be found. Some people don't want to be found. 
But Jesus says in later on in Luke's Gospel, the very reason that he came, he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. This was his mission statement. This is what he came for, to seek out those people who were lost. So God reaches out to the lost. God rescues those who are lost. And then, thirdly, God rejoices at the return of the lost. God rejoices at the return of the lost. You know, we have a God who wants to party. We have a God who wants to party. And we're told that when, when the sheep is found, when the coin is found, when the lost son returns home, each of the three parables end with a celebration. They end with a celebration. Rejoicing because something that was lost has been found. <clears throat> Tom Wright, uh, the Bishop of Durham, says this. He says, the point of the parable is clear. This is why there's a party going on. All heaven is having a party. The angels are joining in. And if we don't have one as well, we'll be out of tune with God's reality. We'll be out of tune with God's reality. If we don't join in, in what is happening in heaven. And Jesus says, I tell you that in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who did not need to repent. So God wants us to enter into this rejoicing. This is again a a revolutionary picture of God that Jesus is presenting. And maybe it's a new picture to you. Maybe the pictures of God that you've been presented before is of a bit of a miserable God or a cross God or an angry God. And yet here we have this beautiful picture in each of these parables of a God with a smile on his face who rejoices every single time somebody repents and turns back to God. Every time somebody turns changes the direction that they're going in and turns back to God, there is rejoicing in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? God rejoices at the return of the lost. But if you know the parables, you'll know that um, not everybody wanted to join in. In the parable of the lost son, you know, the the son goes out and and, and he wastes all his father's uh, wealth. He takes half of his inheritance and goes and spends it and uh, the father, it says, is looking out for him every day. And when he returns, the, the father wants to throw this party. But the elder son isn't happy. And he doesn't want to join in. And, uh, you know, he says, this son of yours uh, went out and squandered all your wealth on, on fancy living. And you want me to, to join in the party. You know, some people don't want to join in God's celebration, do you? Remember the story I told you about when we got, uh, we got rescued from the boat? What I didn't tell you is what happened when we got back to shore. You see, when we got back to shore, my friend's mother and father were waiting for us. Now, you'd have thought, wouldn't you, they'd have been relieved that not only the son, but the son's friend had returned safe and sound. You'd have thought they'd have whipped us off to McDonald's and, and celebrated and said, you know, uh, go large on this one now. Did the echoes like a lecture about the, the perils of the sea of the sea. What would we have said to Richard's mum and dad if something had gone wrong and uh, we weren't allowed to do anything for the rest of the day? How miserable was that? Dare I say, sometime in the church, we find a similar reaction. You know, we find people 
like the Pharisees and tax collectors who don't want to join in God's celebration, who can't see what it is that God is doing, the wonderful thing. The welcome and the rejoicing is undeserved and unexpected. And it's a a, a thing, isn't it? You know, if you think, you know, what can we do to put a smile on God's face? What can we do? What can you and I do to make God happy? And you know, it isn't some great uh, piece of work. It isn't giving a huge amount of money to the poor. Although these are all good things to do. One thing that we can do to make God happy is to turn and to accept him. And we're told that that is a cause of rejoicing in heaven. Um, Philip Yancey in his great book What's So Amazing About Grace he says this there's nothing you can do to make God love you any more and there's nothing you can do to make God love you any less you see because God loves you and whatever you do it's not going to make him love you any more because he loves you beyond all our imagination and however bad we've been in the past whatever mistakes we've made whatever things we've done wrong it's not going to make God love you any less because there's this wonderful thing called grace where God gives us the thing that we don't deserve when we accept his love and so if you've never accepted Jesus into your life if you've never discovered that amazing truth that God loves you today this is an opportunity This is an opportunity to come and be like that lost sheep and that lost coin and that lost son and to return back to God and to say I'm sorry and to to enter into that celebration and that rejoicing in heaven because somebody that didn't know God has come to know God. And uh, maybe there's a bell goes off in heaven and all the angels gather together and uh, start blowing the trumpets. Uh, Wouldn't it be great if that bell sounded today? And those trumpets were blazing because somebody turned and accepted Jesus into their lives. If you want to do that, you know, talk to somebody around you, talk to me, talk to one of the people you've seen up front and uh, and we can help you with that. And we can be a cause of rejoicing in heaven today. We can do something that will cause the angels to rejoice. And so we have uh, rejoicing in heaven at the return of the lost. We have A God that reaches out, and God wants to reach out to you today. Wherever you are, God wants to reach out into your situation, and he wants to touch you. And God wants to rescue you. doesn't matter where you are, what you've done. God wants to rescue you, and uh, God wants to rejoice. God wants to rejoice and have a party. And uh, we do that, don't we? When people come to faith, we baptise them, and uh, we throw a party, and we rejoice. Let's pray that today they'll be rejoicing in heaven over one person who turns to God.